The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Your Kansas City Chiefs registered their sixth victory of the season going to mile high, beating up on the Denver Broncos, 43-16, to a four-score win. There's a lot to talk about from this game still. Uh, some interesting storylines. And here to help me talk about all those things, my dear pals, first find him on Twitter, at Chief in Carolina, Matthew Lane. A, a victory's a victory, my friend. We'll take it. Absolutely. And I just I want to say, while we all did not predict blowouts. If you listened through the ending credits, we all predicted blowouts. So, you know, you want to send some of those, see what happens when not all three of you say this kind of thing happens. Craig picked a blowout. He just pandered to the crowd. The Renaissance man knows how to play politics. What else would you expect from a guy with so much life experience? Right, Craig? Uh, Sure. Hey, guys, how many times have the Chiefs beat the Bronco? Ten. They beat him ten times. Ten. In a row. 10. That's incredible. Defense played great. I'm a happy man today. You should be. And let's start there. Uh, Steve Spagnolo went up against his son, Drew Locke, and it did not go well for the youngster again. You got a Dan Sorensen pick six. You got a Tyron Matthew interception late in the game. Sacked him uh, several times. A real strong performance from this group, Craig. Yeah, yeah, real strong performance. I know people are going to point to Drew Locke playing poorly, but the Chiefs defense made the Broncos pay for almost every single one of their mistakes today, and that's exactly what you want. Tyron Matthew was good. Dan Sorensen was good. Our guy, Bill Gay, got to play a little bit more in the base here, and he was good as well. It's just an overall Good performance. Drew Locke was uncomfortable all day long, and Spagnolo called a good game here. I was very impressed that the Chiefs defense was able to come out and basically keep this at distance on a day that the offense didn't have their best performance. It was really, really easy and comfortable for most of the day. I mean, this is it's been a little while since we've been this comfortable during a Chiefs game. It was nice to see the defense step up and really play big and make impact plays. And it was an interesting way the Chiefs defense kind of went about it too. It wasn't the guys that you would expect making all the big plays. Frank Clark was rather quiet. Chris Jones had a couple splash plays, but for the most part was pretty pedestrian throughout the game too. Tyron Matthew got the pick later in the game off the poorly thrown ball from Drew Locke, but 
your three guys that you would expect to take over a game when the defense was this dominant were just good. They weren't great. They weren't guys that took over the game. Your guys making plays were just essentially everybody else. And then again, Steve Spagnuolo versus a quarterback who is not perfectly comfortable reading things pre-snap and post-snap and discerning what's different, how it's changed. It's just a mismatch. Any quarterback that goes up against the Chiefs that doesn't have that quick processing from pre-snap to post-snap and know where the new opening is going to be is going to struggle versus the Chiefs. I think you saw that with Drew Locke from essentially their very first drive and the Chiefs were just able to make them pay throughout the whole game without getting constant pressure or anything like that. Anytime uh, you could speed up Drew Locke, good things are going to happen. And that was undoubtedly the case this week again. Um, But it wasn't just that. I don't, you know, I don't think Drew Locke saw things cleanly. You know, you got Charvarius Ward blitzing for a a sack, and Drew Locke had absolutely no clue where he was. I think there was a lot of of positives on the defensive side of the ball. You saw uh, Treshawn Wharton hustle play, knocking a ball out, I think initially recovering it for a second too, uh, and then coming, and then Tyron Matthew wound up with the football. That was a really strong play from him. He made a couple plays. I think you've got to be really encouraged by Treshawn Wharton, one of the Chiefs lottery tickets that went out, uh, that the Chiefs got an undrafted free agency, and he looks like he's here to stay. Uh, Another guy that's here to stay, and I think probably had his best performance as a Kansas City Chief, and you're starting to see him a little bit more and more, Willie Gay Jr. What a performance from the young second-round pick uh, just a, a fantastic performance in his best his best performance of the year. Yeah, not particularly close either. Now, part of that's because Denver played a lot of 12 personnel, so the Chiefs were in their base defense over 30% of the game. That is high for Steve Spagnuolo. Bill Gay got to get out there. You saw his comfort level in coverage. His zone depth was good. He was able to get in some throwing lanes jump up, use that explosiveness to get vertical and those long arms to disrupt some of the throwing lanes. He had a couple PBUs. He made an early big run stop. He's still sorting some stuff out, but you're starting to see it come to him a little better. You're starting to see him make more plays, be around the ball more, not getting blown off the ball quite as much. And then there at the end of the game, the Chiefs with their backups in, Got to get him some buck work next to Ben Neiman. Got to play in that nickel. All these are great reps for Willie Gay Jr. I think you're just going to continue to see him grow. But in these limited roles, in these 30% roles, when you're making plays like that, you deserve more play time. I am here for Buck Bill Gay. Get him on the field in the nickel, please. He was my player to watch before this game started when we did our pregame preview here because the Denver Broncos play multiple tight ends. They have no problem going big, and I thought that was going to lead to more base defense out of the Chiefs. And boy, did it. And Willie Gay, I mean, he showed up from the very first play on defense throughout the whole game. I think Craig kind of hit the nail on the head. He looks pretty comfortable dropping into different zones. Now, I'm not saying he knows the playbook or what every offensive concept coming at him. I think actually what you saw was him have to react quite athletically to a couple plays to make a play on the ball because he wasn't in perfect position, but he was good enough. He has good natural coverage instincts to be near where he has to be, and his athleticism allows him to make some plays. A few of those passes... Even if you put Anthony Hitchens, Damian Wilson, Ben Neiman in the exact same spot, they don't have the athleticism, the body control, or the feel to make those pass breakups, 
even if Willie Gay was maybe a little shallow, maybe a little bit out of where he needed to be, he has the reactive athleticism to go out and make a play. I am interested to dive into the film and see on some of those hard cutback runs on the split zone, was he somebody that was flowing the wrong way? He normally, I think, is going to be on the front side of some of those, so I think he's going to be really far away from where it is. It's going to be really hard for him to react to the motion his way and then get across the formation, but I am interested to see what he was seeing versus the run to see if, you know, maybe he was pulled out of his area a little bit, pulled out of his gap, because that's quite possible, but man... Willie Gay played more snaps, I think, than he has all year. I'll have to wait for Craig's final snap, you know, tallying to know for sure. But it sure seemed like it. Or at the very least, he made his snaps count better than he ever had before. So that's a really good sign if you're a Chiefs fan. Two things that the linebackers haven't done much in the Steve Spagnola era. Make plays behind the line of scrimmage. And make plays on the football in the passing game. And Willie Gay did both of those things. Uh, tonight against the Denver Broncos. Two plays on the football, two pass breakups, I believe, I saw from Willie Gay. The funny thing is, the guy last year doing that, Reggie Ragland. So the guys that were on the roster this year really weren't doing much of that uh, You know, this year or the year before. Plays behind the line of scrimmage, plays on the football in the passing game. You're right, the athleticism to make those plays. And in the same situation... You're, you're right, Maddie. Guys that were on this roster, uh, that are on this roster now, wouldn't be able to make those those kind of plays. Um, it You know, the defense gave up over 400 yards of offense. How about this, though? How about this tweet from James Palmer TV? Has a team ever not converted a single third down and given up over 400 yards of offense and win by 27 because the Kansas City Chiefs just did that? think it's a good time to switch over to the offensive side of the football. Very bizarre performance, I think, from this Kansas City Chiefs offense. 0 for 8 on third down. Only 286 yards of total offense. Uh, they still, you know, they score some here. And the team wins by 27, but there's just a lot left to be desi- desired offensively, Maddie. I'm not sure what the Chiefs' general game plan was offensively in this one. Travis Kelsey only getting three targets versus a Broncos team that usually struggles to stop him was kind of odd. It didn't seem like after the first drive or two that there was much of a vertical presence. It was just an interesting way the Chiefs went about it. And I understand the snow maybe threw things off a little bit. I think a couple of those third downs, the Broncos must have seen something on film that they really liked about showing that five-man pressure and overloading one side, knowing the Chiefs would be late to the flat, wouldn't get that connection to the flap. I mean, three different third downs were affected by the exact same pressure look and forced the Chiefs off the field. So I'm not sure if just you want to credit the Broncos' defense a little bit. The Chiefs' offense... Looked good in the first half. The passing offense looked good in the first half against the Raiders. But besides that, you're going almost all the way back to Baltimore to see that really explosive, high-octane passing offense that we've grown accustomed to with the Chiefs. Could be a mix of injuries, guys getting used to playing with one another, or it could simply just be teams selling out to take it away. Because I think the run game was pretty effective again today. But this is probably the worst offensive performance you're going to get like in total productivity out of the Chiefs all season. Yeah, that's definitely the case. I mean, this game should have been a four or five score game early. 
up until after the Chiefs had an offensive drive after Tyron Matthews' interception late in the game in the fourth quarter there, the Chiefs' defense had outscored the Chiefs' offense off of turnovers. That's embarrassing. It was just a pick six. Like, the Chiefs kept coming up with stops. They had three three three-and-outs in the first half. They had two turnovers. They were able to give the ball to the Chiefs' offense in advantageous positions, and the Chiefs' offense was unable to do anything with it. It was abysmal, and a game that the Chiefs' backup should have been in significantly earlier because they couldn't get the ball going downfield on third down. They didn't run it particularly well. They ran it okay, but not great. And they didn't lean on the run game when the pass offense wasn't really working either. So they just really never had a rhythm. They never got things going. And then by the time when you started to see some of the concepts developing and Andy Reid going to the well a little bit, it didn't matter. And so he pulled back a little bit because the Chiefs were up huge at that point because the defense is special teams that played well to that point so this was just not a game for the Chiefs offense they didn't look good and they didn't ever have to step up and look good because the other facets of the game handled things yeah it was was kind of a weird performance for the running backs because yes they I think they they did some great things running the football you saw I mean it wasn't just as simple as the blocking was great although the blocking was very good here again and that's something we probably need to talk about here in a second um but it's that, you know, like they, they ran the ball well. I thought, you know, contact balance and, and, and running through tackles and all that stuff, I thought that was all great. But the passing side of it was rough. It was just largely a really rough performance. And you saw, I think Pat was ready to throw the ball a couple times, uh, and the backs weren't quite there, quite ready. Um, you know, a couple of those protections, you know, those five-man protections, I think, you know, the, the backs weren't on the same page with Mahomes as far as, you know, getting out and looking. Um and then you saw Clyde Edwards-Alaire with a really bad drop uh, in the red zone that would have, you know, scored a touchdown. The Chiefs ultimately had to settle for another field goal attempt. So, you know, part of that was actually, you know, the running backs did a great job running the football, and you know, both both Le'Veon Bell and Clyde Edwards-Alaire did some great stuff. But in the passing game, uh, it was it was kind of it was kind of rough. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, look, we should probably give a little bit of credit. We've got a larger sample size of that offensive line that we're seeing. Obviously, Mitchell Schwartz will be back in that lineup, of course, whenever he's back. But Nick Allegretti, Daniel Kilgore, we got a, a bigger sample size of those guys involved, and I think you got to like what you saw, Matty. Yeah, I think there's still some questions on the interior offensive line just in terms of their pass protection. Andrew Wiley had a couple bad reps, and he does that every single week. But I also think when you look at some of these protection calls, the Chiefs are very much not trying to get Allegretti or Kilgore isolated one-on-one a lot in pass protection. A lot of the slides are designed to help make Allegretti usually just because he's a guard and Kilgore is usually going to be uncovered. But a lot of the protection slides seem to be called to make Allegretti not have to make a hard set. 
They're trying to give him a help. If a guy is shaded to his inside, they want Kilgore able to be able to assist him. They're not going to ask Allegretti to reach somebody on the inside and protect it or vice versa on the outside. I do think they're giving them a little bit of help in pass protection. I do wonder if that plays a little bit of the role and not dropping back and trying to throw vertical. But the real issue on the offensive line right now, Andrew Wiley, Mike Rimmers playing next to each other is a whole lot of bad news. Thankfully, the Denver Broncos don't have Von Miller. I think they could have taken a lot more advantage of that. I think it's going to be a big deal. Maybe not this upcoming week with the Jets on the schedule, but moving forward after that, you really need Mitchell Schwartz back because I don't think you want Mike Rimmers playing tackle. And I think you have to start considering if Andrew Wiley's the guy you want to take all of the reps at right guard because it's just a lot of inconsistent play from him at this point in time. I feel much better about Kilgore and Allegretti than I do Wiley and Rimmers right now. Yeah, you're starting to see some of those shifts in protection as leaving an exposed rusher, which Mahomes is supposed to take care of. Getting the ball out quick to the flat, to the running backs, that was just a miscommunication this week, and you saw it cost the Chiefs pretty significantly. But you are seeing that, you know, kind of a visual representation of that slide to help protect some of those guys. That doesn't mean they've been bad, though. Credit to those guys. They're doing a pretty good job with those slides, with that extra help of keeping Patrick Mahomes clean in those situations. Again, those those sacks that you saw, not from Wiley, basically. The other ones coming with a blo- unblocked guy off the edge. That's on the offensive play call. That's on the running back and the, the quarterback. Either running back's got to chip him or Mahomes has to hit him. You know, running back has to be alert in the flat. But I do think that those guys have been partic- pretty good, particularly against the run. I I I echo, I echo Maddie's sentiment. I do think you know it's kind of st- stunning, surprising that of the guys along the interior, the one that's been starting all all seasons, the one I've got the biggest beef with. I think of those three, he's been he's been the poorest to this point. I don't think he's played particularly well this entire season. Um, I think that's a you know that's kind of a that's a problem. Uh, and uh, I, I, I'm going to credit Chief Bearcat. I think our guy Chief Bearcat might have even tweeted this out. I know he was tweeting it out or texting us and stuff about it, but maybe you move Mike Remmers inside take and pull out Andrew Wiley whenever Mitchell Schwartz comes back. Maybe that's the move. I'm not sure I hate that idea, frankly. Uh, it's been pretty, um, it's been pretty lackluster season for Andrew Wiley. Uh, we got to give some love out here, too. Guess who led the, guess who led the Chiefs in receiving today, Craig Stout? Uh, I'm going to guess McCole Hardman. McCole Hardman, two catches, 57 yards, uh, a big uh, big play on a corner route, and then a deep over for McCole. 57 yards along a 38, two for two on targets, and he kicked the game off with a 13-yard run on a reverse. Uh, one, It's one of his best games of the season. He was due, and he got one, Craig. Yeah, he definitely did, and I felt like he was good in the return game as well. I I felt like he made some good decisions, read his blocking really well, had a couple explosive plays there as well. This was a good McCole Hardman game, and I do like the way that they were able to implement him specifically early in that first 15, finding room for him, especially in in the snow with a bunch of corners that are struggling to keep up with the Chiefs' speed. This is the perfect scenario for McCole Hardman. It makes me wonder if, you know, they went away from, again, like Maddie said, some of the vertical passing concepts a little bit later in the game because they were just trying to protect Mahomes a little bit. And that kind of is why McCole Hardman had to suffer at the end. Didn't really see anything after that early burst, but it was good to see him get out there, get in a rhythm. That catch he made on that corner route was phenomenal. Great, great catch. 
got the ball in, got both feet down. More of that out of McCole Hardman. Step up, continue to make plays like that, continue to have those sort of roles. And I think that Andy Reid can find a big usage for him and you'll start seeing him playing more snaps. The Chiefs came out and I mean they made a dedicated effort to get McCole Hardman involved. That speed corner to start with the sprint out to his side was a play where he was going to be the first read on that play. Like that ball was going to him unless he was completely blanketed or double teamed. And he made a fantastic catch on it. Mahomes with a good throw. Like the Chiefs came out, they made it their purpose to get him involved early to try to get him going. And I think that's because he's coming off a string of games that haven't been his strongest performance. They're trying to get him involved, they're trying to get him going. It worked to start this game. I think you saw, like Craig said, it's a snow game. It's really hard for defenders to react to what you're doing. So you just take his speed and run him into space. It is going to be really hard for cornerbacks to flip their hips and turn and run with them. So you saw kind of both those catches to start the game were just him running into space. The ball was delivered. Nice plays by him. He looked a little bit better on the punt return that he had. He was a little bit more decisive. So good for McCall. You hope he can keep building on this and turn this into a little bit more, maybe start getting involved in more ways than the same ways that he's been involved so far throughout his career. But I mean, this is a good start. At least be good at what you're good at. And then we can start worrying about developing into things you're still needing to work on. It's been a couple weeks since McCall had been good at what he's good at. So this is a step in the right direction. Uh, This was, I think they were dead set on trying to get him involved early. You saw the very first play of the game, the reverse to McColl, obviously. That that sprint out that McColl caught was was tailor-made for him. It's a, it's a route design, route concept perfect for him and his skill set. They ran him on a speed corner with the sprint out. So, you know, he's getting to threaten that ver- get threatened vertically and then get to the corner, you know, get to the sideline. And Mahomes put a, you know, it was a great catch too. You got to give him a lot of credit for the catch too. But like that is a perfect kind of way that involve him and, and get him going. Then the deep over too. Obviously, I think that one was the long for the day, thirty-eight yards. Um, you know, they they were they were definitely you know focused on trying to get him involved, and he came away with almost actually I think a little bit over twenty-five uh, percent of the passing yards, uh, receiving yards, I guess if you want to call it for the game. Um, you know, you hope I think obviously. You know, it's it's still a very high variance experience. The McCole Hardman experience is very high variance, but you saw the, the high ends of this. You saw when he's making you know some a couple big plays down the field. It may not ever be a volume situation for him, and it may never come in a consistent basis on a week to week basis. But you see the value of him in those spurts, and that's when you kind of we say he impacts four or five games a year. You just never know exactly which ones. Definitely had an impact on this game. Uh, and you know he he got uh, he got one of his kick return reps taken away, hmm. but it turned out okay. Byron Pringle, Craig, with a big 102 yard touchdown return, a special teams touchdown for your Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Dave Taub, very excited, I'm sure. Yes, I'm, and frankly, outside of something that I'm sure we'll talk about after all this is over, special teams were legitimately terrific today. They really performed particularly well, but Byron Pringle, I mean, that should be no surprise to anybody that's a K-State fan. Watch this man be a kick return stud, finally gets an opportunity back there and houses one. Great blocking. You got to see him unleash a little bit of that speed. Pringle's kind of known as the bigger body of some of these Chiefs receivers, but he does have legitimate straight line speed. 
And it was really good to see him get those reps. Tobe has been kind of mixing in these guys. Like Rashad Fenton was supposed to, you know, return one that got booted out of the back of the end zone a couple weeks ago. McColl gets a lot of those. Byron Pringle gets a lot of those. I think you're seeing that there's a plethora of options for the Chiefs at the kick returner spot. And that's working out to be a real positive here because teams don't know exactly what to do there. You come, you get a guy out there and you say, Oh, okay, well we'll kick it to him because he's not a typical returner. And maybe we can force, you know, a fumble or something like that. And then Pringle goes and houses it really, really good special teams today. Really, really happy with Dave Tobe as the special teams analyst. I was beginning to think I'd cursed them, but today was kind of a flip of that. So really good to see Pringle get one. How those extra points going? Okay, well, let's get into it then. Harrison Butker is the worst extra point kicker in the league. He has missed five now through six weeks, seven weeks. Five. This is a hyperbole. This is this is statistically by by percentage. He is the worst in the league at extra points. And we have a lot of people, like when I tweet out, hey, listen, that's unacceptable. We have a lot of people saying, well, he's still making extra, or, you know, he's still making field goals. So, you know, things will get fixed. Guys, this isn't like a run D, pass D sort of situation. He's executing the same motion and he can't hit extra points on a regular basis right now. That's not good. That's unacceptable. He's 11th in the league in or in field goal percentage. That's good. You want him up there, especially with some of the long attempts that he's had. But being dead last in the league in extra points, but ignoring it because the Chiefs are coming out on top in a lot of these games is like ignoring the fact that the offense was bad today or ignoring the fact that the Chiefs' run D has been bad. At some point, it could come back to bite you. So ignoring talking about that or brushing it under the rug isn't going to help things. And Harrison Butker, frankly, has just been awful on extra points. Yeah, I think specifically, like we're talking about the Harrison Butker issue. And like, I think that's kind of what we talk like when we talk about any issue with this football team, even in a four touchdown win, we're acknowledging that the offense wasn't good. We're talking about these mixed extra points. It's because these things, these things are what keeps your favorite football team from potentially winning a game down the line. That's why you that's why you can talk about these things and you can speak about the downsides of what just happened with your football team without without you know it being too negative. I think you've got to address these things. If you I mean we all care about this football team. We want them to win another world championship. We're trying to point out the things that could potentially keep them from winning a world championship. And you the the points didn't matter today. The point didn't matter today for Harrison Butker, but it could down the line. And then what you're going to be doing is lamenting everything that's happened about Harrison Butker and the extra points. You hope he gets it right. Um, let's just go ahead and go to closing. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, go. No, oh no, Maddie, no. you got something here? You got some special we teams get, takes? There's a lot of special teams talk to still happen. Number one, everybody can't forget that Byron Pringle was a return stud in college. Mm-hmm. This is what he did in college. So you can't just cast him off. As a big receiver, he does have speed. And I think what you saw in the kick return, you can't overanalyze one kick return, but that's what we're going to do here. You saw a runner that was decisive. You saw a guy that understood the lanes. Like there's a completely different concept to rushing lanes on offense and then special teams, you know, kick return lanes. On a kickoff, you have to hit these lanes quickly off of one cut and get going downhill. Byron Pringle, who plays special teams on both sides of the kick coverage and kick return team, understands that. You saw it on that play. He set up his cutback across the middle of the field, took it to the house. Great. 
He also downed a punt inside the five-yard line. Also a great play after a great punt. But you know what he said after the game? He wasn't satisfied with his special team's performance because the Broncos fumbled on special teams and he didn't recover it. Quit not putting my man on the field every time you get a chance. All he does is make plays or want to make more plays. All right, boys. Closing thoughts. Uh, Maddie, why don't you kick us off? All right, you're getting one negative and one positive. Negative. Chiefs need help at defensive end. Holy, anybody that played across, not that Frank Clark had his best game, but anybody playing across from him was a turnstile to the run game. The Broncos repeatedly just ran split zone and cut back off the right side. You saw Drew Locke completely take the edge away from Tano Passanio. Damone Harris was a fun story last year. I still like him as a player and as a person on this team. I think he showed that he just isn't ready for significant snaps when people are going to be able to attack him and know he's out there. They need Taco Charlton back, but they might need help. They might need some depth help for that position because it played really poorly and provided absolutely no pass rush. But on the positive side, hey, we got another good game out of Anthony Hitchens. Damian Wilson also playing good. That second level's coming around a little bit. You saw a little less Ben Neiman. Granted, they didn't put him on the field as much because of the personnel the Broncos used. But the whole second level played probably their best collective game this week. First the pass, first the run, and tackling. Good news. That position group's looking up. They're finally starting to put it all together. Hopefully that keeps happening as you play a little bit more pass-happy teams and you keep seeing more Willie Gay. Yeah, I... Special shout out there to linebacker corpse as well. That is terrific, terrific job, especially Damian Wilson in the flat. My goodness, made a couple big tackles that could have gone for huge yardage early. But the secondary, the secondary was very good today. I felt like as a whole, this defense was really, really good against the pass until, you know, basically it was a blowout there late in the game. Drew Locke had 250 yards passing, sure, but I felt like the secondary was really good. The corners did a good job taking away Jerry Judy, taking away Tim Patrick. Noah Fant was really the damage man, especially there at the end, and Albert O as well. Those are, you know, going to be tight ends. That's going to exploit, you know, Chiefs linebackers, middle of the field coverage a little bit more, but Good kudos to the Chiefs secondary for stepping up in a big way against a team that wanted to go deep and they just couldn't because the Chiefs secondary was really good today. I got two quick takeaways and one special teams related. Uh, Shout out to Tommy Townsend for that punt that got the ball inside the one. I don't know how we didn't talk about that, uh, but that's on Craig. I'm going to blame Craig for that one. But we're going to close the show with this, uh, with the quote of the day. Maybe the season so far, uh, at Sean Keeler on Twitter. Denver left tackle Garrett Bowles on what separates the Broncos from the Chiefs. I think we're neck and neck, but that's just me personally. I don't think there's anything that makes them more spectacular than us on the heels of uh, the Chiefs' 10 straight win against the Denver Broncos. Garrett Bowles got a 9 on the Wonderlick test, by the way. That's going to do it for this week's post-game show. Thank y'all so much for listening. We'll be back with the AP Laboratory Mailbag shortly. Be sure to check out everything on the AP Podcast channel. We'll catch you later. I didn't need to talk about the punt because it spoke for itself.